0: So yes, fire in the Bible is often associated with judgment, but the Holy Spirit does not take on the form of fire when it descends on Jesus, which makes complete sense to me because Jesus didn't need to be judged. He was sinless. So the Holy Spirit took on the form of a dove, gentleness to Jesus. And then it says that the heavens were opened and John the Baptist and Jesus heard this voice from heaven that said you are my beloved son in you i am well pleased hey faithful listener grab your cup of coffee and experience the bible in a way you never have before p40 ministries is a podcast that goes through the Bible cover to cover. It's an awesome narrative that focuses your mind and prepares your heart for God to speak. So join your host, Jen, for a biblical podcast that's hilarious, informative, imaginative, and fun. The P40 Ministries podcast. Listen now as we go through the book of Luke. Hello there everybody. Thanks for tuning in this morning. My name is Jen. I am the host of the P40 Ministries podcast and I am so excited to be here with you guys on this beautiful Tuesday morning to discuss the Bible with you. But before I begin, I actually want to give a shout out to a couple P40 Ministries listeners these two listeners often contact me. They have uh, told me happy birthday in the past. They have been just very sweet, very nice individuals and have encouraged me a lot. And their names are Nick and Kay. So thank you, Nick and Kay, for um, you know always messaging me with encouragement. And I really do appreciate you guys. So thank you so much. I do appreciate the messages that I receive. I do read them and I respond to them as often as I can. Sometimes I can't, but I try to respond to all the messages I receive when I see them. So if anybody ever needs to get into contact with me, you can contact me at uh, p40ministries.com slash contact and uh, you can send me a message, you can send me a prayer request, you can even tell me an idea that you have or anything like that and uh, I will see it and if it is a prayer request, I will write it down in my prayer journal and pray for you the next day. So yes, if you ever need to get into contact with me, just go to www.p40ministries.com contact contact. But anyway, friends and faithful listeners, let's go ahead and read the Bible today because we're going to be talking about Luke chapter 3 verses 15 through 38. We're going to finish out this chapter today and move into Luke chapter 4 on Thursday, which I'm very excited about because we're going to begin talking about a lot of Jesus's ministry starting up and what Luke has to say because the book of Luke is a very interesting book to me because it was likely written by a Gentile. And as somebody who is a Gentile, I guess I kind of like that and kind of... I uh, think that's interesting. And also Luke was a doctor. So he was very educated, very smart and uh, brought a new perspective. I suppose, on Jesus's ministry. And so I I really love the book of Luke, and I'm just so excited to begin talking more about uh, Jesus's ministry through the book of Luke. But today we're going to be talking about why Jesus had to be baptized. And I've talked about this a handful of times before, because so far every single book of the Bible has mentioned Jesus's baptism. So Matthew mentioned it. I'm pretty sure Mark mentioned it. And Luke is now mentioning it, though Luke does not mention it as much as Matthew and Mark does. But let's read what Luke has to say. So I'm going to read verses 15 through 38 of Luke chapter 3. As the people were in expectation, and all men reasoned in their hearts concerning John, whether perhaps he was the Christ, John answered them all, I indeed baptize you with water, but he comes who is mightier than I, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to loosen. He will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and with fire, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly cleanse his threshing floor, and will gather the wheat into his barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Then with many other exhortations he preached good news to the people, but Herod the Tetrarch, being reproved by him for Herodias, his brother's wife, and for all the evil things which Herod had done, added this also to them all, and he shut John up in prison. Now when all the people were baptized, Jesus also had been baptized and was praying. The sky was opened and the Holy Spirit descended in a bodily form like a dove on him. And a voice came out of the sky saying, You are my beloved Son, in you I am well pleased. Jesus himself, when he began to teach, was about thirty years old, being the son, as was supposed of Joseph, the son of Heli, the son of Mathat, the son of Levi, the son of Melchi, the son of Janai, the son of Joseph, the son of Metathias, the son of Amos, the son of Nahum, the son of Elsi, the son of Nagii, the son of Math, the son of Matthias, the son of Simeon, the son of Joseph, the son of Judah, the son of Jonan, the son of Ressa, and the son of Zerubbabel, and the son of Shaltiel, the son of Nuri, the son of Melki, the son of Addi, the son of Kosum, the son of Elmodam, and the son of Ur, and I'm actually going to stop right there, you guys, <laughs> because it's about uh, from verses 29 through 37, so almost 10, or I'm sorry, 38, um, 10 more verses of the sons of. So I'm going to stop there, and you guys can read them yourself. But it's really interesting to note that at the very end here in verse 38, I'm just going to say, it says, the son of Enos, the son of Seth, the son of Adam, the son of God. So this lineage goes all the way back to God. So we're going to talk about that today. And if you guys missed my Christmas special that I did on the two lineages of Jesus and the different, um, you know, things that might be going on here, I definitely recommend you going back and listening to that episode. And it'll be easy to find because it aired on Christmas uh, Eve. But anyway, let's go ahead and talk about verses 15 through 22, which talks about Jesus's baptism and more about who John the Baptist really was. So we talked about John the Baptist the other day, and he is just this crazy guy who was like this wilderness man. He was like a survivalist. He would wear fur in the middle of the desert. Like he was just a crazy guy. And uh, he was not only crazy, but he was also willing to speak the truth. And he spoke it pretty harshly. Like there was definitely love involved with John's ministry. And I don't consider John to be an unloving man when I read the stuff that he would say to people. I don't consider him to be too harsh, but he was definitely harsher than I suppose what We like to hear nowadays because that was something I talked about the other day is, you know, nowadays we've become so um, adverse to truth that we have a hard time listening to it because it's just too harsh for us in a way and why it's so important for us to um, have some of that truth be brought back in our churches and be able to listen to it without getting too offended If that makes sense. So anyway, let's see what John is doing here in verse 15. So it says that the people were all in expectation and you know what they're in expectation about the Messiah. They really wanted the Messiah and they were waiting for the Messiah because they had been waiting for years about the Messiah. They knew the prophecies regarding the Messiah And they were wishing for the Messiah to free them from Roman rule. Because now at this point, I don't even know how many years it had been that Israel was under Roman rule, but I think it was at least 100 by this point that Israel was just stuck under Roman rule. And they didn't want it. They wanted to be free. So right now, the people were in so much expectation regarding the Messiah because they wanted freedom for their country. And like I've said before, you know, the people were expecting the Messiah to be like a political king that would like free them from the clutches of Rome, which is what they desperately wanted. So now the people are all in expectation. It says here in verse 15. So the people are like, Well, is this John the Baptist guy? Is he the Messiah? And I think other versions of the Bible, I think Mark actually stated this, that John the Baptist came right out and said, I am not the Messiah. Might have been John that stated that. But John the Baptist was very clear to the people that he was not the Messiah, because they were probably asking him, they probably were following him, expecting something from him. And possibly hoping that he was the Messiah. So he came right out and said it. He's like, I'm not the Messiah. And I don't know how long John was um, doing ministry before Jesus was either. But I'm going to guess it was a while. I don't think it was just a few months before Jesus. I'm going to guess it was several years. Because when we talked about Jesus in the temple he was only 12 years old. And at that point in time in in this period, culturally, boys at the age of 12 would begin to become men. And what I mean by that is they would start learning their father's trade. They would start learning how to uh, provide for their families and, you know, have a wife and whatever else they needed to do, which is much different nowadays, isn't it? But at this time, Jesus was beginning to do that at the age of 12, which is why he was found in the temple and his earthly parents were like appalled that he was like sitting in the temple. But when it comes to John the Baptist, I don't know how long he had been doing ministry before Jesus shows up because it says here in verse 23 of Luke chapter three, it says Jesus himself, when he began to teach was about 30 years old. So that's kind of old, I would guess, for a man to start his career. But Jesus was so um, respectful, I believe, of his parents that he did start later in life to begin his career uh, because of the fact that maybe his parents didn't necessarily want him to do this. And, and you know, he was a carpenter. We know that Jesus was a carpenter because Joseph was a carpenter. So he learned that particular trade first and then became a preacher. As for John the Baptist, though, he could have started way earlier because we know that Zacharias, which was John the Baptist's dad, was actually a priest. So John could have started his ministry as early as 12 years old. <laughs> I mean, I can't imagine like a 12 year old child, like, like, uh, you know, teaching adults at this time period, but he could have started learning. He could have started learning from his dad, how to become a priest, how to teach. And we know that John was only a few months older than Jesus, but John the Baptist had an earlier start to begin ministering before Jesus did. So I'm going to guess it was several years before Jesus even showed up, that John the Baptist was doing his ministry, making the way for Jesus, preparing the way for Jesus, and baptizing people on top of everything else. So now Jesus is finally coming into the picture, but Luke is a little interesting with the way he describes things because he actually mentions Jesus' baptism after he mentions the fact that um, John the Baptist was so controversial that he went to prison. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine being that controversial? But John was such a bold person, and uh, he was not afraid to tell the truth that it ended up getting him in trouble with this Herod, the Tetrarch guy, which we've talked about before. This Herod guy was the creep, okay? He was creepy Herod. He not only uh, married his niece, who happened to be his brother's wife, he also was like sexually attracted to his like i don't even know what she would have been his daughter (laughs) his stepdaughter so it was really weird okay this guy was really really weird but he ends up putting uh john the baptist in prison because john the baptist like called out the fact that herod was basically a pervert and so herod did not like that and herodias his wife did not like that because she was married to Herod, and she didn't like being called out either. So uh, they both disliked uh, John the Baptist's teaching and threw him in prison. But before that happened, Jesus gets baptized by John the Baptist. So it was not long after Jesus started his ministry that John the Baptist was kind of out of the picture which is sort of weird. So, I mean, this is John the Baptist's ministry being built for years and years and years to the point where people are thinking that he's the Messiah. And then the second, the real Messiah, Jesus, is in the picture, John the Baptist is kind of gone. And it could not have been very long after Jesus started his ministry because he started his ministry kind of right before John the Baptist went to prison. But here it says that Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist and says here that Jesus was praying while he was being baptized. And during that time, the sky opened and the Holy Spirit descended in a bodily form like a dove on him. So we've seen the Holy Spirit take on a form a handful of times in scripture and only a handful of times. The only other time I can think of is the, is the tongues of fire in Acts chapter 2 when the church was able to speak in tongues, the Holy Spirit uh, showed up as like a little flame of fire. But now, in this way, Jesus is having the Holy Spirit descend on him, and it looks like a dove. So that's interesting that the Holy Spirit often takes on different forms as well. And you know it, it's it's interesting how this is tying back to my Old Testament episodes as well, where we see that God's spirit is often in the form of fire. But we often see it as well in the form of clouds or gentle things like this dove. So I I find that really cool. And, you know, fire typically has to do with um, judgment. We just I mean, we see that here, right here in verse 17, it says John the Baptist is talking about that Jesus is going to baptize people with the Holy Spirit and fire and the fan is going to uh, fan the flames Gather the wheat into the barn, but burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. And this is John the Baptist speaking right here in verse 17 to the people. So, yes, fire in the Bible is often associated with judgment, but the Holy Spirit does not take on the form of fire when it descends on Jesus, which makes complete sense to me because Jesus didn't need to be judged, he was sinless. So the Holy Spirit took on the form of a dove, gentleness to Jesus, and then it says that the heavens were opened and John the Baptist and Jesus heard this voice from heaven that said, you are my beloved son in you, I am well pleased. We find out later on that the crowd that was watching Jesus being baptized heard this terrible thundering. They didn't know it was a voice. They heard this terrible thunder. But John the Baptist and Jesus heard God the Father's voice say, You are my beloved son, in you I am well pleased. So when Jesus got baptized... Because we know (laughs) that Jesus did not have to be baptized because what is baptism? I mean, in Christian culture nowadays, baptism is a thing you go through to show the repentance of sins, right? You go underneath the water showing how um, you were once dead in your sins. And then once you come up, you have new life again. And it's, it's literally symbolic of new life. That's why we do it. And Jesus commands it to be done. Because we see so often that, um, and I'm rabbit trailing here a little bit, but we see so often that God uses analogies to, um, to get through to us. So often God uses storytelling and analogies in the Bible to, to get through to us. And baptism is an analogy that we do nowadays to show that we have been freed from sins. So Jesus obviously did not have to be baptized because he was sinless, but he was baptized anyway. And the cool thing about that is because Jesus was baptized because even though he didn't have to do it, he was doing it to show other people that it should be done. But the interesting thing here that I think Luke kind of brings to us that other books might not is the fact that John the Baptist also needed to hear this. Because we find out in the book of John, which is the gospel after Luke, that John the Baptist didn't know that Jesus was the Messiah, or at least he wasn't quite sure until he heard this voice. I think he had an inkling. I think he kind of thought Jesus might be the Messiah. But when this happened, John the Baptist was like, yep, absolutely, Jesus is absolutely the Messiah. So this was not just for Jesus showing us what we're supposed to do and being the example of that, being the example of baptism, but it was also showing John the Baptist that Jesus, in fact, was the Messiah. So after that, even though John the Baptist's time was short for his ministry, he still, at that point, was able to show people who the Messiah was at that point and very clearly. And that's when many of John. John's disciples just like left him to go follow Jesus. And John was okay with that. And that's where we see this like humbleness aspect coming in where John the Baptist was so humble that he allowed his followers to go follow Jesus. And I I find that super cool about John's personality. But, you know, John, interesting guy, you know, super weird, super interesting, so bold, so fearless and so humble all at the same time and loving towards people because his entire ministry was a ministry of love because he was showing people who the Messiah was. That was his entire goal with what he was doing to show people the correct way to live so that they could be freed from their sins. But to continue on here, it says from verse 23 all the way through 38, which was all the uh, the son of, the son of, the son of, <laughs> which they're really interesting. If you actually go through and look at it, you'll you'll recognize a lot of names. Like, for example, here in verse 31, it talks about uh, King David, the son of Jesse, the son of Obed, the son of Boaz. And we know Boaz was Ruth's husband. So, I mean, we, we can recognize a lot of names here, but, you know, um, it's interesting because this goes all the way back to God, like I had said before. So many people think that this is Mary's lineage and I'm actually on the same, um, the same viewpoint with that as well. I do believe that this happens to be Jesus's lineage through Mary because this one goes all the way back to God. And on top of that, even though it says Joseph here, and culturally in these days, If Mary was the eldest child and there was no sons in that household, she would have inherited all of her father's stuff through her husband, if that makes sense. So her husband would have almost been like adopted into the family as the firstborn son, and uh, Mary's dad would have given Joseph everything as almost like the adopted son. Does that make sense? And so that's kind of what I believe is that this is actually Mary's lineage, but it says Joseph because Joseph was almost like the adopted son. But if you're curious about that, you can definitely go back and listen to that episode that I did on Christmas Eve. So go back and listen to that if you're curious about the two lineages of Jesus and why those are kind of different. But friends and faithful listeners, you know, just to wrap up here, what we talked about today was Jesus's baptism why it was important for not only us but John the Baptist and we talked a little bit more about John the Baptist's arrest and I think we'll go into that a little bit more as well but definitely join me tomorrow because we're going to be talking about Leviticus chapter 16 and we're going to finish out the day of atonement the most important day of Jewish history, pretty much, besides the Passover. The Day of Atonement is right up there with the Passover. So we're going to talk about that tomorrow, so join in 6 a.m. or whenever you wake up. Friends and faithful listeners, happy listening, and God bless.